Mine's good. Life good! Got real close. Got hair high, right? Trying to hit two thirds. Have they saved it for her? Yes, they have! Welcome to Game of Stones, everybody. I am Sean Graham Scott alongside, as always, hi, Scott. Sean, hi! been a while since we talked uh, yeah. earlier earlier in the week about the olympics are y'all recovered from the olympics not a olympic hangover for you you know i've had some time now to decompress and i'm ready to talk about more curling i'm, I'm feeling a bit of a curling withdrawal yeah so the thing about the olympic years is that there is so much curling right there's just so much because the grand slams didn't cut back this year they had just as many as they always have then you have the pre-trials, you have the trials, then you have the Olympics themselves, which are bookended by the national championships. So the Briar is starting Friday night from Regina, and everyone across the country will get to experience Regina. So I love Regina. I, I My master's degree is from the University of Regina, the Brant Center, where this is being played. I've spent time there. That's where the Pats play. And uh, the University of Regina Cougars hockey team, which I worked for for a season, they played a couple games there. So I'm familiar with this venue. Good thing about this venue, Scotty, the patch will be attached to the building. So the Scotties were there, I want to say 2009, but it could have been 2010, uh, one of my two years there. And yeah, so everything is connected in the brand center. You have the arena and then sort of convention-y space, a large area. So you can put the patch in there. You never have to go outside, which even though it's a little later this year in Regina, not having to go outside between April, basically October 1st and April 1st is a good thing. Oh, it's definitely a good thing. Yeah. And uh, I get it. I think we all get it, Sean. You have a master's degree. Jeez, you don't have to keep bragging about it. I have a PhD. Oh, jeez. Here it goes. Oh, boy. I'm a doctor. Yeah, well, but I'm uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited uh, for this this event. Uh, you know, it'll be good to get some some more traditional TSN coverage of curling uh, after the great job that uh, that the CBC crew did this week in Pyeongchang. But uh, I'm I'm excited to hear uh, Vic and Russ and Cheryl back in my ears. Yeah, the whole crew will be back. Uh, the, and, with, and Mudrick, yeah, yeah, we got to get Mudrick and Goche in there too. It'll be It'll be great. So for anyone who didn't listen to the Scotties or didn't watch the, the Scotties at all, new format this year. All 14 affiliated associations are going to be represented. So you will have Northern Ontario. You will have one team representing each of Nunavut, Northwest Territories, and the Yukon. And then you also have your Team Canada. That gets you to 15 teams. They are having Team Wildcard again, which will be a play-in game. Mm-hmm. The two teams playing in that game are the two teams that played in their provincial playdowns and didn't win and are the highest ranked on the CTRS list, which is why Kevin Cooey's team is not eligible for this because they did not play in the Alberta playdowns, so they are not eligible to play in this game, even though they would be ranked high enough to play in it. So, the two teams in this Friday night game will be Jason Gunlifson and Mike McEwen. And we haven't seen Mike McEwen since the Manitoba playdowns when he had the chicken pox and had, seemed to me, lost some weight because he was in the hospital. 
obviously not 100% for that Manitoba final that he came back and played in. So hopefully he's he's feeling a lot better. And it'll be interesting to see this game. I think, let's talk about this first, this play-in game. I think Mike McEwen is the clear favorite here. Yeah, they, it, his team has to be as long as he's 100%, you know, recovered from that uh, disgusting, disgusting uh, uh, chicken pox incident. It, 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 I mean, you... Not his fault. I'm a real jerk, I know, but uh, he got sick. He got sick. He. I, I. I'm wondering if he second guessed his decision to come back there in, in the, the Manitoba final. I mean, it, his team had made it there without him, so yeah. maybe they, he didn't need to come back and play. But but they didn't lose the game because of him. No, no, absolutely not. So it'll be yeah, it'll be interesting to see if he's back recovered and uh, the Gunlickson team. You know, they play a lot on tour, but. I'd say Mike McEwen's got definitely a, a stronger pedigree than this this Gunlickson team. Yeah, and I mean, we all like Jason Gunlickson. He's a f- fun guy. He's been around. He's not that old, but he feels like he's been around for a really long time because mm-hmm. of that run they had, his old team had in 2009 yeah, through the pre-trials, he... getting into the trials. So he's been around for a while, and, and he was with, I think, Brandon Botcher at the trials this year as, as the, the coach. The coach. So yeah. He's a fun guy. It'll be fun to see him play. And God, he can throw it hard. Yeah, he sure can. <laughs> he can, he sure shuck can. it. So we'll see. I mean, but yeah, I would certainly give the edge to Mike McEwen in this game. So regardless what happens, well, let's break down the pools. We'll go pool by pool. This is how we did it for the Scotties. Mm-hmm. Like with the Scotties, Scott, I think there is one pool that is discernibly better than the other pool. Okay. And uh, But I want to know, what do you think? Um, I'm looking here at the pools, and to be honest, I think I think I know which pool you think's better. Okay, and I I think I'd tend to agree. Now that's not uh, to say that come playoff time, one pool couldn't put the smack down to another, <laughs> as we saw in the in the Scotties here. But but to me, the balance of power rests in in Group B. I think it's easily pool b that is better um in terms of the top four i think the top four mm-hmm. are much much better in in pool b than in pool a so let's start then with pool b so the the pools are based off of rankings and they've tried to even them up as much as possible so let's start at the top reed Crothers representing manitoba they struggled more than i would have thought this season almost got into a tie break at the trials and then come through manitoba they won the Canada Cup last year. They had a great season last year. Mm-hmm. And here he is at the Briar for whatever time it is. I mean, he's been there a bunch. A second with Jeff Stoughton. He's been there as a skip before, I believe. Yep. So we would expect good things from Reed Crothers this week. Yeah, their team is one of the teams uh, that you had pegged to watch in in the uh, trials there in, in November, December. And... Yeah, they certainly came out and, and gave it their all and, and almost made the tiebreak, as you said. Uh, they're a pretty young team overall, uh, all really great players, and I think that they're, uh, they've they got to be in the top tier of teams for this event. I would think so, and if they do well, Colin Hodgkin can move some of those uh, some of those calendars, and Braden Muscawi, for that matter. You get all of them just pushing those calendars. Uh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Out there. So the next team on the list, Brad Jacobs. What was interesting about Brad Jacobs is the... So, if anyone tried to watch the Northern Ontario finals, Mm -hmm. 
they had it was on Manitoulin Island in a hockey arena, and the stream was not the best in the world. It was garbage, Sean. The stream so, was garbage. Um, but they played the Tanner Horgan team. Yep. And Tanner Horgan, frankly, should have won. They they were up big in the second and big. I think we were up three in the second half of the game, mm-hmm. and then Jacobs was able to steal the win at the end. And the Horgan team did not react well. Uh, one of them, I don't know which one it was, sort of threw the broom on the ice after the last shot. Uh, Tanner Horgan at, throwing the last shot. He didn't move for about a minute. Mm-hmm. He just sort of st- and the whole Jacobs team had to come down and. To, to shake his hand and and what's interesting though now is that Tanner Horgan is actually there as their fifth player so it's I think it's good I think this Jacobs team gets a lot of flack for some of the things that they do on the ice sometimes and being short occasionally with people but I think this is a nice thing that they're doing to help build up recognizing that this team this Tanner Horgan team should be really good next generation of Northern Ontario curlers, give him the experience there at the Briar, mm-hmm. see how they do it, just get get sort of those reps, even just practice on the ice and, and help match rocks. I think this is really cool what they're doing, and they have to be a favorite in this field. Yeah, definitely. They had a pretty disappointing time at the trials in December, but uh, they've got their still have the Olympic gold medal around their neck, the latest uh, Olympic gold medal <laughs> for Team Canada. And and uh, they're definitely one of the class of the field if they bring their A game. Now, we did see in the Northern Ontario Championships, they finished the round robin 5-2, and two, tied for third place, and had to play a tiebreaker. Yes. Then the semifinal, then the final against the Tanner Horgan's team who went 7-0. and oh. So, you know, maybe signs that the they're... They're not quite as strong as they used to be, but looking at the field, I mean, they still are are definitely one of the top teams. Yeah, you would expect. I'm, I'm, it'd be very hard to see them not getting through to the championship round. Playoffs, you never know, but mm-hmm. you you would certainly expect it that they would get there. And shout out to Gavin Jameson, uh, who played in those Northern Ontario playdowns. The last draw, uh, his team. He was the second. I can't remember what team. Uh, but he was his team was 0-6, playing another team that was 0-6 in the last draw. Went to an extra end. Oh. <laughs> and uh, they pulled it out. They, right got the, they got the win. They didn't go, they didn't go winless at the Northern Ontario uh, Provincials. So, yeah, obviously Brad Jacobs got to be a favorite. And then uh, first time now for John Epping representing Ontario. He is ranked third in this pool. And John Epping is a guy who I think people around here, we're, we're in Ottawa, a lot of people around here know who he is. I think he's played in the last couple of trials. So I think people around the country are familiar with him. He's on tour a lot. Mm-hmm. First time at a Briar, though. Yeah, that surprises me. Excuse me for you to say that. It's his first time at a Briar. I just went to check. I was like, really? He didn't go one other time before? <laughs> no, he's never won. And yeah, he's never been able to uh, get out of that gauntlet of Ontario. But good for, good for this team. I don't know if this team has announced any intentions for... The upcoming quadrennial. I think we've speculated that they this might be the end for them. So it's good for them to get uh, to get to this Briar, and you know they're just as talented as any of these teams in the field, and on any given day can beat beat anyone. Yeah, the knock against John Epping has always been being too aggressive. That mm-hmm. he he tries the hero shot sometimes, 
instead of taking an easier shot, right? Try try a hero shot for three instead of a simpler shot for two and ends up giving up a steal. Like that's always been the knock on John Epping. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see here. I mean, this playing in the trials, that's the biggest event in the country. So, you know, I don't think he's going to be overwhelmed to certainly be in a briar, but this is his first time being team Ontario, right? You don't get introduced as team Epping. You get introduced as team Ontario. Yeah. Right. There's a different vibe to it. So it'll be interesting to see how the team comes together and reacts to it. But again, this is a team that, they went a lot on tour. They should be there yep. uh, for that final eight. Also, John Epping, one of the nicest guys on tour. You know, talking to some of the players, they all say John Epping such a good guy. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, interacting with him a little bit, uh, my experience has always been really good. He's stand-up dude, so it's good for him to uh, to get to be there. Yeah, down in the, the media area during the trials, he was always the last one to get to the interview area because he would talk to everybody yeah all the fans who are there he, he he's just yeah seems like a really nice stand-up guy and what's interesting about him he got married i think last summer mm-hmm. um to his partner and there's this really interesting story about i mean he's openly gay but he doesn't like really talk about it because it's sort of like yeah i am who i am and like leave like you know it's sort of a cool thing um that I, about john epping i think uh that he doesn't want to be the gay curler he wants to be a curler who is gay yeah yeah, yeah. which is kind of kind of cool for john epping and uh so hopefully yeah first time there hopefully they have a good experience uh next on the list is steve laycock out of saskatchewan they had a big win on super bowl sunday in that saskatchewan final yeah. against colton flash playing their former teammate colton um, flash yeah we uh we had that on one of our one of our tvs here at the at the home office, and and it was really good to, to see them. They're going to be the home team at this event, and it's pretty good that they got there, given all the promotion has had Steve Laycock sort of standing in the background behind that uh, fake Scottish guy. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and with their addition of Matt Dunstone, we saw them at the trials. Uh, they struggled a bit, but um, I'm excited to see what they can do with the hometown energy mm-hmm. feeling sort of... Uh, maybe being one of the maybe underdogs in this pool, given how strong it is, but but they definitely I I would think they could ride the momentum to get getting to the championship. I think it's definitely possible. I, I agree with you. And you know they didn't play in the Briar last year. Adam Casey won Saskatchewan, mm-hmm. probably an upset uh, that Adam Casey won, or at least surprising to a lot of folks. So Steve Laycock coming back. To the Briar, you're right. The trials didn't go the way they wanted. I don't think there was really an expectation that the Laycock team would make the playoffs at the trials. Certainly, I didn't expect it. So I, I wouldn't say they underperformed at the trials. I'm sure they were disappointed with how the week went for them, but I think they equated themselves quite nicely. And this is a team that, again, should be there in that final eight. Yeah, I would say so. And and looking at the number of Briar appearances, this is Steve Laycock's sixth. Briar appearance, not always a skip, but uh, he's got that Briar, that Briar pedigree, right? That hopefully for them and hopefully for Saskatchewan should be enough to to buoy them and and put them into that championship round. Yeah, but as you mentioned, the question mark for them is Matt Dunstone, and yeah, uh, I, I don't think Matt Dunstone's ever played in a Briar, so it'll be his first time there. And throwing the last rocks, you got to be able to do it. Now he's a uh, Canadian junior champion mm-hmm. and uh, I don't remember if they won the world juniors as well but I mean he's obviously played in big moments big events so you yeah. would you would think he'd be okay with it 
and be able to do it. But again, hometown team. And I will say this, that having attended a Scotty's in Regina, there's a vibe to curling in Saskatchewan that mm. there was the year I was there was actually the year Michelle Englott was representing Saskatchewan and her father had died not that long before mm. the it was a, I think it was after she had won Saskatchewan before the Scotties so there wasn't that much time in between and the way the community rallied around her and was so supportive and cheering and, and it's not like a it's not a sea of green like a rider game but there's a lot of green in the crowd and mm-hmm. people are it's a knowledgeable curling crowd and, and people are into it so uh you know it'll be loud in there when saskatchewan makes make shots yeah sean and i think uh our friend dean would be pretty mad if we talked bad about saskatchewan so we're only <laughs> gonna say nice things about this laycock team yes i think <laughs> they will make it to the final eight that's uh that's for sure all right now here's where i think this pool sort of is is really interesting because i think you have the, f- the four and then you have the other four. I think there's tiers here. Uh, so the, the next ranked team is Mike Fournier out of Quebec. Yeah, a bit of a surprise winner out of Quebec this year. First time at the Briar. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're one of four teams that don't have a Wikipedia entry. <laughs> so so uh, obviously a bit of an uh, unknown coming uh, onto the national stage for the first time uh, at a senior level. Well... We'll see. I mean, I don't really know what to expect from them. Right. So we wonder if it'll be like the women at the Scotties. Mm. If, you know, a team that we didn't know come out, equate themselves quite well, played a lot of close games, mm. but we don't really know them at all. And we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. And they, they play at the Glenmore Club in uh, just north of Montreal in Dollar des Ormeaux. And I've been to that club before, and it's quite nice. So I think... Uh, <laughs> They'll be representing uh, the city of Montreal, which doesn't get a lot of representation uh, outside outside of Quebec on the national stage. You know, with uh, Jean-Michel Menard representing uh, Quebec City and and Gatineau here. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, it'll be good for for curling in Quebec. Hopefully, hopefully, yeah. And then uh, the next team on the list, James Grattan out of New Brunswick. We've seen him a whole lot uh, through his career. He's a, a regular at the Briar. And mo- recently, though, he's he's put up results that I'm sure he would be somewhat disappointed with, you know, in the three, four, five rain, win range. And he's a team that, or he's a guy with a lot of experience. And this is this is where I think the the short round robin or the short that early round robin pool play pool play yeah. stuff really could come into play because here's a guy, let's say. Playing somebody like Mike Fournier in that first game, maybe the Fournier team most times would beat James Grattan. Maybe I don't know, but let's say they play early in the week. James Grattan knows what this ice should do. Yeah, right. He's got a feel for the Briar. You know, maybe he can eke out what we saw with uh, Sylvie Robichaux, get out to a, a hot start because you've been there before. You know what to expect. Mm-hmm. Maybe get some momentum early in the week. Yeah, that's uh, definitely possible. Twelve Briar appearances for. Jimmy Gratton played uh, with Russ Howard for yeah. for a while with two bronze medal finishes at the Briar in 97 and 2002. So he's definitely uh, been there quite a lot. Fun story about James Gratton. I was flying out of the Fredericton airport and went to check in at the Air Canada counter. And I said, who's that? Hey, are you, J- are you James Gratton? 
And he said, yeah, hey, what's up? He, the guy checking me in for my flight, James Gratton. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So I said, oh, boy, I look forward to watching you play at the uh, at the Briar. And he's, oh, got to get there first. But <laughs> right on. Yeah, did he, so. Did he give you an upgrade? No, no. Well, what? I mean, those regional planes out of Fredericton, yeah, I don't think true. they yeah, even there's, there's not a lot of... Uh, not a lot of classes on that. No. No. So, yeah, good luck. Uh, we're rooting for them. And just as we're rooting for the next team out of Prince Edward Island. Eddie McKenzie. Big Eddie. Eddie McKenzie is tall. This is the thing. Like, Eddie McKenzie is a big dude. Yeah. And the only thing I ever remember about Eddie McKenzie is when fake Kevin Martin tweeted about Eddie McKenzie. I think Kevin Martin was playing him first one year. Um, and he, something like, oh, sad Eddie McKenzie, <laughs> like, like Eddie McKenzie, I think Eddie McKenzie too, this new format is good for Eddie McKenzie because he, the past couple of years, one PEI would go to the Briar, didn't make it through the, the relegation tournament. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm happy that Eddie McKenzie is there. I don't expect Eddie McKenzie to make it to the final eight. But, again, he's another guy like James Gratton that he's been there before. And don't be surprised if you look up one draw and TSN is going over to the PEI Manitoba game and it's the ninth end and it's, you know, 5-4. Or yeah, something. yeah. I think uh, for them to go 2-4 and four in the group stage would be pretty good. Uh, I think it would be uh, damn near impossible for that to happen. To go 2-4 and four because yeah. they would have to go 2-5? <laughs> and five? Yeah. Yeah. Math, math, hard, but, but yeah, but I mean, I, I think it's a team that has the potential to get blown out, but also play close games. Like, you know, I, I don't, I, I wouldn't be surprised, like I say, to look up one day or one game, and you know, he's it's this the tenth end, and it's mm-hmm. tied against Steve Laycock or something. You know, like that that wouldn't surprise me. No, absolutely not. Now, what would surprise me though, is if we look up and it's the tenth end of any game. We're including the next team of David St. Louis and Nunavut. The yeah. reason I say this... Tell us, Sean. You and I have played David St. Louis in the recent past. We we have. We had the privilege to play against him in the Rideau men's bond spiel uh, about a month ago in Ottawa. Yes, and our team... So we play... So for those of you who may be new to the show, Scott and I are brothers. We play with our father... And my best friend Dave comes up, and Dave plays once a year in this bond spiel. And um, we we played David St. Louis in, in a semifinal or a quarterfinals. quarterfinals. And he he's a good player, right? He won uh, a junior. He's played in the, the Canadian juniors uh, way back when, mm-hmm. in, I think in the 70s. And he, so he's a good player. And his team, though, is is not like they're club curlers essentially I, I don't think that's mean to say i mean they're club yeah. curlers who who won nunavut and david himself doesn't live in in a anymore but lived there for 15 or 20 years mm-hmm. and is now back in in southern ontario but with the import rule he knows all these guys and he said in an interview after they won nunavut that his goal for the briar is to get to the 10th end of a game that is his goal because mm-hmm. we beat them by five or six points. It was nine to two. Nine to two. <laughs> to be fair, he had a shot for five in the first that he just missed. Just barely missed, yeah. Just barely yeah. missed. Uh, and then we sort of took control of the game. But this is a team that, 
like what we saw with the women, this could be a long week. Yeah, absolutely. And and I mean, I think going in being realistic about their expectations is is a good mindset to go in. And given that they don't have any illusions of winning any games, maybe they sneak one out against uh, against the team here. Like Eddie McKenzie. You're talking about Eddie McKenzie. Yeah, yeah. That's what you're talking about. But I think what's cool about it is that it's a good group of guys, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they were cool. We had fun with them after the game. And I, I think that they'll just have fun with it. They'll embrace the experience. They'll have a good time. Mm-hmm. And it's probably, yes, yeah, going to be a win for everybody against them. They won't get much TV time. But who cares? Yeah, but yeah, that's it. They're there for the experience, and they should enjoy it. Yeah, so that's Pool B. I would pick my four being the first four. I, I think Carruthers, Jacobs, Epping, Laycock. I would be surprised if anyone else gets out of this group. Yeah, I could see maybe uh, Jimmy Gratton pulling something out with a four and three, maybe getting into a tiebreaker, but I agree overall with your assessment. Yeah. All right, now Pool A, which I think overall is a little weaker. I think there's more. there might be more concentration at the top, but... There is, I think, it's a more wide open pool for who's going to get in. Mm-hmm. So at the top of this pool in the rankings is the defending champion, Brad Gushu. Yeah, Brad Gushu representing Team Canada, meaning we're, we'll have two Newfoundland teams in the field for the first time ever. Yeah. So I, yeah. So it'll be uh, it'll be a good time for the the Newfoundlanders. The bad thing is that they're both going to be in Group A. So, I think that's fun. I think that's a, a an easy TV game. Yeah, they get to play against each to other. To play, play each other, and that'll be a lot of fun. And this Gushu team, you know, we saw them lose the semifinal at the trials. Gushu then lost the final at the uh, the mixed doubles trials. Mm-hmm. And he said at the Continental Cup when we saw him that he was just exhausted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, so I don't know how much they've played since then. I'm sure they've practiced in the past couple of weeks, but I think it was good... Uh, if he just got off his feet for a couple of weeks and yeah. just got away from the sport and build up to this and, and hopefully they can come in, have a good week. People really like Brad Gushu, I, like fans. Yeah, like, really. People like really him. like Brad Gushu. I would, you know, when I was at the Continental Cup talking to the people from the Washington Post and the New York Times, they would ask, like, who is, who is the biggest name in curling? And, you know, it's tough to say, but... The thing I would say is I think the most popular guy in curling with the fans is Brad Gushu. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my my friend Sherry uh, at the Continental Cup was trying to get herself a picture with Brad Gushu. And I said, why do you want a picture? You already have a picture with him from some other event you went to. And she said, oh, but he's just so great and so nice. And I really like him. So, yeah, like this is representative of fans everywhere. Everyone's into them and and i had the chance to go to the elite 10 when it was in victoria a couple of years ago and they were playing against rachel homan we were in the pinty's pub there and gushu turned around and he said to us boy like uh, i'm not used to being the team that nobody's cheering for you know <laughs> like they're used to having the crowd support behind them but in that case you know everyone wanted to see rachel homan yeah do well so yeah like they're a fan favorite i would be shocked if they don't get out of this group I would be stunning. I, I feel like don't. it would be as if uh, a team from Canada went to the Olympics and didn't even make the playoffs or something. But, yeah, it, uh, yeah it, it would be it would be a shocker if they didn't make it out of this group. And you know they've been in the past two Briar finals. And I actually asked him at the trials in the when I was interviewing him. I asked him 
because the past two years, the four playoff teams in the Briar have been the same. Yeah. And I asked him, why do you think that is? Like, is there a concentration at the top? Because three of those teams were the playoff teams at the trials, too. Mm. So it seems like there's this real concentration at the top of the men's game in this country. And he said, well, it's because the skips were the most consistent skips. And really, that's what it comes down to. So I really, I thought that was a good answer. I thought, I think it's the right answer. Mm-hmm. And it was very direct and very honest. So he, he sort of, he seems really comfortable in sort of asserting himself in that way. And I mean, why shouldn't he be? He's won everything. He's won everything. He's yeah. won all the things. So, uh, so certainly a, a favorite to get out of this group. Now, next on the list is the wildcard team, which as we talked about, either McEwen or Gunlison. If it's McEwen, I think they get out of this group. Mm-hmm. I think it's like with the women that whoever comes out of that wildcard game is going to be a favorite to make the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, maybe not Gunlison. Gunlison is is less well known, but he's he's definitely as good as most of the rest of the teams in this group. So uh, yeah, I'd say whoever comes out for the wild card should be a favorite to make yeah. the playoffs. And then uh, next is the their second time here, Brandon Botcher out of Alberta. They won their final, their provincial final against uh, Karsten Sturmey, the Alberta. University of Alberta team, mm-hmm. and he made a crazy, not crazy, like a nice in-off shot for a four or five about halfway through that game to basically win the game. Blow it open. And so they'll be back. They've really burst onto the national scene here in the past year, right, between winning the winning Alberta last year mm-hmm. and then making it through the pre-trials to the trials and equating themselves quite well to the trials despite not making the playoffs and now winning Alberta again, they're sort of coming coming on strong here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they're, they're quite a good team. They're pretty consistent. And I think Brendan Botcher, if, we're, if we take Brad Gushu's word, that the most consistent skips are the ones that get to the playoffs. I think Brendan Botcher has a chance to be one of those skips mm-hmm. uh, going forward. Uh, they're learning a lot by being at the Briar last year, the trials this year. So I would expect them to do quite well in this group. I, I would think so too. And there was there was an interesting article today, um, and forgive me, I, I want to say it was from Global in Alberta, in Edmonton, but I, I can't remember. And they interviewed Brandon Botcher asking about the context of the Olympics and saying, like, looking forward to the Briar and the Olympics, what's going on. And he said one of his concerns was a lot of the teams that get a lot of the funding in this country are older teams now. So obviously Cooey in his 40s, Gushu's a little older, the Jacobs team, they're starting to get uh, into their 30s and, and with families and everything, they're have uh, their life situation are changing. And he talked about, well, maybe we start need to focus on younger teams, essentially saying fund us. Yeah. Like this was sort of between the lines of what the, he was saying in this article was fund us. Mm. So I think they're hoping to get a, a strong weekend. And based on that, article and how it was going i would be surprised if this team doesn't stay together yeah for for the the next next, four years the next four years absolutely they're they're well placed to to keep going forward and there's just as strong as anybody i mean alberta's a tough province to win so Mm -hmm. uh, for them to come out come out of that you know good on them yeah the only thing i could think of is if i mean darren molding's a little older than the rest of the guys and maybe for whatever reason that doesn't work life circumstances whatever it is mm. but it does seem like this team is well well situated although fake cca had a funny tweet during the trials and just from watching them on tv and watching them 
from afar that it was something along the lines of, is there any other sport in which Darren Molding and Brandon Botcher would be teammates with each other? And Because it seems like personality-wise, they are quite different. Yeah, but I think that's sort of what makes the team work is they need that balance, you know, to Darren's really high energy and, and sort of... Uh, a He's all bit, over the place. A little bit harder to contain where yeah. Brendan... Brendan sort of is more robotic in his thinking and strategy, right. strategy. Right. That's an engineering background. Of, yeah. 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 Of what, yeah. Uh, now, this is where I think this pool gets a lot more interesting because I think Brandon Botcher gets out. And so I think Gushu, Wildcard, Botcher, those three get out. It's the battle for the fourth spot in this pool that I think makes it a lot more interesting than Pool B, perhaps. So the next team on the rankings, Jamie Murphy out of Nova Scotia. Yeah, Jamie Murphy's team's been there quite a few times, uh, never particularly done well. So, No, but he's gotten off to good starts before. Yeah. Like he's been 2-0 and or, or 3-1 and in the past. And again, in the pool play, you got to get off to that quick start. We saw it during the Scotty. So if he can do this, and if, I don't know, if we could probably pull up his schedule, but if he's got some of the weaker teams first... That he can get on a run and he can get some wins built up, and then he's got—I think he's got as good a chance as anyone else. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the schedule now. They start with uh, Botcher, and then play the Newfoundland team next. So it might be a bit of a tough go, and then wild card. So you know, we'll see what happens. They've played in that pre-trial tournament uh, the last couple of years, and I haven't made it into the main draw. Right, but he did so, quite well this year at the the pre-trials. Like they made it through. Yeah, I mean, I mean at the, uh, the at the Briar sort of at the Briar, yeah, or oh, the the relegation round, yeah. Yeah, so you know it'll be it'll be good to see them back with the full field and and you know given the the sort of caliber of the rest of the teams in this pool, they're certainly one of them in the mix for that fourth and final championship pool spot. Yeah, and then so next is out of British Columbia, Sean. Now, there's been a lot of debate as to how we actually pronounce his name. Uh, Sean Giel. Giel, yeah. So, Sean Giel, his team out of BC, he's been there before. Yeah, he's made uh, three Briar appearances. Uh, he, he played with uh, in 2009 and 2013. Uh, played with, uh, I, I don't remember who he played with, but he's been twice. So... Yeah, it was a bit of a surprise, I think, for him to to beat Jim Cotter in the BC final. But yeah. Cotter was playing without John Morris, who had gone to to the Olympics, so their team was weakened a little bit by not having John Morris there. And and Sean Gill, I mean, they, they're regulars on the BC provincial uh, circuit, so yeah, I think uh, I think they've got as good a chance as anyone uh, out of this bottom bottom five. Uh, teams in Pule. Yeah, and another team that, you know, you get off to a good start. Who knows what's going to happen. So then next is the UConn team, Thomas Scoffin, who we've seen at Canadian Juniors before. Might be a Canadian Junior champion, uh, or certainly has done well at Canadian Juniors before, uh, but representing Alberta in those events because he was at the University of Alberta, but he is from Whitehorse, so representing UConn here. He's he's playing with Ted Appleman, which is quite interesting, who longtime Alberta player. So he would be their designated import for this. This is a team, young Thomas Coffin himself, young guy, first time at a Briar. This is a team, again, in this wide open bottom of the, the pool, 
could make a run. I don't expect them to because it is his first time there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, you just sort of, the, the teams from the, the North tend to struggle a bit. But this is a team that, with the experience of Ted Appleman, again, wouldn't surprise me if they win three, four games. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, Tom Appleman. Ted, Tom Appleman, Ted is, his bro- is his brother, I think. But, uh, yeah, he's been to seven Canadian juniors. Uh, he represented Alberta in the last one when he went uh, down to school, as you mentioned. But uh, UConn for the rest of them. Uh, he's one of those players. He's He kind of uh, has a similar career path to uh, Sarah Colton. Yeah. Who, when she came down and, and represented the territories collectively as as the UConn team in 2014 struggled uh, with the big field, but Mm -hmm. got some good experience. So I would say that that would be, that should be their goal uh, is to, you know, get some experience Mm -hmm. on that ice, uh, get some national experience. And if they manage to make a tie break for that fourth spot and squeeze into that fourth spot, that would be a really, really successful week for them. Yeah. Uh, So next up from Newfoundland, the first time, uh, or only, I think, the second time this century, give or take, that we've had somebody from Newfoundland who's not Brad Gushu. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only other time was in 2006 when Brad Gushu was off winning a gold medal. <laughs> but otherwise, it's been Brad Gushu every freaking year. But this time, somebody else is going to be wearing the red and white of Newfoundland and Labrador, Greg Smith. Yeah, so this team, I think there's been a lot of positive vibes coming out of Newfoundland. For them, people are optimistic, even if people around the country are not familiar with them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They they put their team together this summer with the intention of playing in the provincial finals, knowing that Brad Gushu's team wouldn't be there. And I think that was true of a lot of teams that entered into these provincials, knowing that they wouldn't have to face that uh, Gushu juggernaut. Yeah, there were a lot more teams in the Newfoundland-Labrador playdowns than we've traditionally seen. Mm-hmm. So, you know, again, this is a team that I would be surprised they make it to that final eight, they make it to that championship pool. But maybe they, for them, if they can come get the experience on the ice, get experience against some great teams. Uh, obviously, they're going to be playing Brad Gushu. That'll be a fun game to see Brad Gushu play against Newfoundland and Labrador. But maybe they can use that and help help them to improve, help them grow, and make Newfoundland and Labrador a little more competitive next year if Brad Gushu doesn't win this Briar. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. There's a, a young team that uh, plays at Memorial University as well that won the Canadian Championships that, that was uh, a favorite in... Yeah, a in, lot of people uh, were encouraged or, or were optimistic with them. Uh, yeah, but uh, this Greg Smith's team happened to beat them in the finals, I think. So, uh, yeah, I mean... It'll be interesting to see two teams from Newfoundland, but I, I don't expect too, too much. No, and, and then finally, rounding out this field, everybody's favorite, Jamie Cooey, fan favorite, great follow on Twitter. If you don't follow him on Twitter, please do. He is mm. a lot of fun. My concern with Jamie Cooey, his team out of the Northwest Territories, is that he's been in Korea for the past eight or nine days. But he didn't go there right for the start of the competition because they were busy winning the Northwest mm-hmm. Territories finals, but he's a guy, he, he's a threat to win. He can beat anybody in the field. Uh, we've certainly seen that when he's played his brother. He, he always plays his brother really close. So he's a guy who has the potential to win, and they're good. My 
concern for them would just be jet lag if, if he's exhausted. Because um, if you followed him on Twitter, not only has he been in Korea, but he's been having a good time in Korea as yeah. well. Yeah, getting hammered. Uh. <laughs> There's one particularly great photo on his Twitter of him with two trash bags full of empties. <laughs> um, so, but that's what's great about that's what I think what Jamie, people love about Jamie Cooey is that you know we we talked about what's great about the patch and like players show up. Usually players will show up there later in the week when they've been eliminated. Jamie Cooey, I think, is just there. He's there all the time. He's got his uh, his own seat. Yeah. Now, other than that, the other uh, concern that I have with this Northwest Territories team is uh, Chris Shilley is a really dynamic player, but he can let his emotions get the best of him at times. Yes. Um, we've seen some epic broom slams, uh, some cursing. The only player to ever be ejected, ejected. from a curling game. Yeah, so as long as, uh, like, he's a very talented player, as long as he can keep his emotions there, uh, I think, yeah, I think they should be, uh, it, it wouldn't surprise me if they made that final eight. No, me neither. So, so let's go through this pool A then, Scotty. So I, I think we agree that Gushu, Wildcard, Botcher get through yeah. to the championship pool. So who's your fourth team? So my fourth team out of this, looking at the, at the field, I, I'm rooting for Tom Scoffin to you know, represent UConn well. It would be fun to see Greg Smith make it, that uh, two Newfoundland teams in the final eight. But based on the way they're playing, I'm going to go with the BC team of Sean Giel. Um, I used to live in BC, and I, I'd like to root for them. Okay, now you did this with the Scotties, and it worked out. It did work out. Van Osh did make it. I'm going to go with Jamie Cooey. Uh, yes, I'm concerned about jet lag and all that, but I think this is his year. This pool, I think, is set up really well for him mm-hmm. to win some games and get through to the championship round, especially if, if, Jason, Gun- if Jason Gunlison wins... With all due respect to Jason Gunless and his team, I think they're favorite to get through to the championship pool, but I think it opens the pool a little bit more than Mike McEwen. Yeah, yeah, uh, I agree winning with that. Would. So yep. I also think that once we get to that championship pool, we won't see the domination one pool over the other like we saw during the Scotties. Yeah, I would I would think not, given uh given that Brad Gushu and that wildcard team will be uh definite favorites. So um I, the other the other thing about Jamie Cooey, just real quick, is that the last time they played the Briar in Saskatchewan was in Saskatoon mm-hmm. in 2011, and that's the year he made the playoffs. Right. So you know maybe he's got some good Saskatchewan vibes coming. So it's not a bad pick. But but going back to the championship pool, no, I don't think that there will be one pool that dominates either way because you've got such strength in Group A at the top, yep. uh, and then whoever comes out of Group B, I think they'll all be they'll all do quite well. Uh, I can see three of those teams making the playoffs, but uh, it shouldn't be as much as at the Scotties. No, so let's let's go through it then. So at the Scotties, I did better than you did. Yeah. On the picks, who do you got? Who are your four playoff teams? So my four playoff teams have to be uh, Brad Gushu getting back to the playoffs, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, give me Brad Jacobs as one of those other of the four playoff teams that have been the same for the last uh, two years. Yep. Then. I'm going to take Reed Carruthers. I think they they're playing really well this uh, this season. They're they're seasoned, experienced squad. And my fourth team, you know, if Mike McEwen's there, I got to pick Mike McEwen. So uh, if the wildcard team isn't Mike McEwen, 
I would change that pick. Okay. To? To uh, Steve Laycock. Okay. Now, I, I agree. I'm picking the exact same four teams. I think it's Gushu, McEwen, Jacobs, Carruthers. I think, with you know, with all due respect to the rest of the field, I think it's those four and then everyone else. Mm-hmm. There, there's sort of that elite level there. You could talk me into John Epping making the playoffs. You could talk me into Steve Laycock. You might be able to talk me into Brandon Botcher making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But just in terms of pedigree and what we've seen in the past, those are the best four teams in this field. And I am... I would be surprised if Mike McEwen doesn't win. Of course, I was surprised that Kerry Anderson beat Chelsea Carey. So sure. uh, who knows what can happen in one game. And certainly Jason Gunlison is capable of winning that game. But I think those are the four best teams in this field. And I think, in addition, that would make for the best playoff run uh, with those four teams, the best mm-hmm. game. So put you on the spot, Scott. Who you got? You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to maybe go off the board here, but I'm going to pick Reed Carruthers. Okay, team, first time. Uh, yeah. Team to win. A new team. Been back there, you know, Reed's been there six times, uh, maybe more. And, yeah, I think that the, it's their time. Okay, I am going with the repeat. I think Gushu goes two in a row. Wow. And uh, doubles down after last year's victory. And I, I think they got it again. So I'm going to go. I'm going to pick Brad Gushu. You got Reed Crothers. We will reset after we get into the playoffs and see where where we are and who's who's done well. But, you know, I, I think what's what's good about this field is I think we'll get some more interesting games. I don't think the the preliminary round robin will feel as bad as it felt during the Scotties. Uh, I think there will be some tighter games. There should be some tighter games. And you'll get some really good matchups. You get Jacobs Carruthers, Epping Laycock. You get mm-hmm. Gushu, Botcher, and the Wildcard. Like, you get really good matchups. And even interesting matchups... Like having Thomas Coffin against Jamie Cooey. That could be a TV game. Yeah. And the the preliminary round, I think, is set up really well to have some interesting, fun games. So hopefully it is. And then once we get to that championship pool, like we saw with the Scotties, then each game is really fun and interesting. So it sort of builds the tension. Hopefully we get that this week. Yeah, plus the games will be on uh, during the day. So we'll all be able to watch. Yeah, it's always it was really weird during the Scotties to have Brian Mudrick on my TV at 2.30 in the afternoon. Mm, I agree. It didn't, didn't feel right. Yeah, this uh, central time zone, I always forget Saskatchewan. They switch between... They don't do... They don't do daylight, daylight savings. savings. So I think we spring forward soon. So I think I think the final might be within, like the day of the final might be where it's a two hour change. But right now it's only one hour, so it's not that big of a a time change. So the games for those of us on the East Coast uh, or in the Eastern Time Zone will be a little more manageable than what we saw during the Scotties out in Penticton. Yeah, and uh, for that matter, during the Olympics when the games were at. I don't know, yeah, 7 p.m. 7 p.m. Eastern is not bad. That's no, but those middle-of-the-night games, oh boy. Yes, those were those were a little tough. Yeah, Daylight Savings starts the Sunday of the final. So, so it'll be a two-hour time change on that, so the players don't get to spring forward, which is good for them. Because yeah. it's not, there's some studies that it's not good for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're looking forward to a great week from Regina. Crowd will be great. The games, hopefully, are worthy of a, a good... Solid Saskatchewan crab. Yeah, right on. I'm really looking forward to it. It should be fun. So please, if you haven't yet, please do subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever it is you get your podcasts. Give us a rating and a comment. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Game of Stones Pod. 
You can email the show at Game of Stones uh, pod, or excuse me, Game of Stones podcast at gmail.com. Scotty's on Twitter at Scott Likes TV. I'm at Dr. Shiny Fever. Scott's also going to create an Instagram page. I, I keep forgetting to send you the photos, but create an Instagram for us too if you want to follow us on there. So we'll come back next week once we get into the championship pool in the playoffs, break down what we've seen so far and get you ready for the playoffs for the 2018 Briar from Regina. And until then, keep your broom on the ice and don't dump that intern. Make the final...